0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna.
1: Welcome into the show. Always great to be back on here talking Patriots football with Henry. Uh, While some of us spent the long July Fourth weekend, sitting around the backyard eating hot dogs. That's what I did. Uh, Henry, you were you're just getting back from Hawaii, right? So, seeing some of those photos you posted on Twitter it must have been kind of sad coming back to old old lonely key, New Hampshire, right?
2: Yeah, I I had a good time in Hawaii. I'm not gonna lie. It who, seemed who, like who it. who doesn't? It seemed like, like it, yes. how can you not? How can you not have a good time in Hawaii? But to have my first day back at work hopping on the mic with you is always good. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah. You know, I'm here, I'm smiling It's not too hard getting back to work When we get to just write and talk about football So Recently uh, off the plane, for...
1: Henry McKenna So ready to go here, back on the pads <laughs> <wire>. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly
1: We got some hard-hitting topics for this week uh, You know, we're kind of gearing up for training camp a little bit Coming off of the mini-camps And we're going to start talking about the depth chart a little bit Let's start, Henry, with what we think is the worst position On the Patriots depth chart Right? I think there's a couple of contenders for sure. I think you know you hear people talk about wide receiver. there's no number one wide receiver, offensive line. but I think when you look at it, like, well, the Patriots at least addressed the wide receiver in the draft and before the draft when they got Devonte Parker, and they at least addressed offensive guard when they got Cole Strange. But I look at my top concern is got to be corner. Uh, you know, when you lose J.C. Jackson and you bring in Malcolm Butler. So you're swapping one of the best cover corners in the league for a former Patriot who sat out last year, retired. You go from a 26 year old ascending JC Jackson to the 32 year old, potentially cooked Malcolm Butler. It's hard to feel good about that. So my answer I think would be corner. Uh, What would your answer be? Do you agree? What's the weakest position on the Patriot step chart right now?
2: I think cornerback is not one of the stronger positions. And when you weigh value, of the cornerback position, it it certainly is one of the more dire positions. But when you look at pure talent at positions and you forget about the fact that cornerback is more more valuable than, say, linebacker, and you just look at the talent that's at linebacker or the lack thereof of talent, then you get then you see I think that linebacker is the most glaring, glaringly problematic Position on the depth chart. Matthew Judon is technically an outside linebacker. He's an edge rusher. He's a pretty good, solid run defender. But, I mean, he came into the Patriots with a reputation for being a very good one. But at the end of last year, he sort of the rails kind of came off, and I'm I'm not sure why. So you have Matt Judon, and that's someone you can rely on. Past him at linebacker, like. Not just looking at inside linebacker, where they're probably most glaring. Look at the whole position, outside and in, you got problems. The projected starters, if we're going to start four linebackers, for example, the projected starters for the Patriots are Judon, Bentley, Mac Wilson, and probably Uche. Uh, Uche's playing a little outside, a little inside in this training camp slash season. So basically, you're looking at a really sort of hodgepodge group. Mack Wilson has no experience in the Patriots system. Juwan Bentley has experience, but it's mostly of getting burnt to the sideline by speedy running backs. And Uche is a guy who, you know, everybody keeps saying is going to break out. He's a guy I've written should break out, but he's been like that for years now. And the Patriots keep acquiring veterans to put in front of him. And and that's a part of the reason why, you know, you would think that he hasn't broken out yet. But you also have to think that they are putting veterans in front of him because they're not sure he can do it all yet. So this is the season he has to put it all together. And past those guys, I think the Patriots are genuinely counting on guys like Raekwon McMillan, who hurt his knee last year and had to spend the year on IR. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, a guy who we didn't see at all, basically, last season, but went in the third round for the Patriots and for any Jennings again, third rounder, but we've really barely seen him because he's not good. So the the position of inside and outside linebacker is really rough. And, you know, people kind of glaze over it because it's a passing centric NFL, but it's not a position that the Patriots uh, have enough talent. In my opinion, it's going to be a glaring problem potentially all season now maybe what happens is by the end of the year all these young players because that's I mean I really rattled off a lot of young players and higher high round draft picks Uche was a second rounder Perkins third uh and Jennings third you know maybe those guys with upside they start to develop into starting caliber maybe I mean, I don't want to throw out like Pro Bowl caliber because that's that's pretty lofty for those guys who just haven't played. But, you know, starting caliber. But the fact that 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 that's the goal, right, is like that's a problem. If you're hoping that your linebackers eventually develop into starting caliber players, that's problematic. So I I do think like you're saying, if you look at cornerback and you look at who they have, Jalen Mills, Malcolm Butler, Jonathan Jones, you're like, that's. That's not enough at that position. The, you know, the probably the most valuable defensive position in the NFL right now. But the, at least there's some way where they can run a bunch of zone and Malcolm Butler, Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones, they like relatively get the job done. I don't know how you can really look at the Patriots depth chart at linebacker as it stands right now without projections basically where you're just like projecting these guys to be better than they actually are. I don't see them as being anything but the weakest link on this roster. Why
1: do we gloss over linebacker so much, right? Like that I was just thinking about that while you're talking. It's like maybe it's because we have Matthew Judon and we think he's one of the best outside pass rushers in the game right now. And maybe it's because while Juwan Bentley kind of sucks, he's he's always on the team. He's always starting. He's always the guy. Like, Belichick obviously has a lot of confidence in him. Uh, so maybe it's because they have guys like that. Uh, and, and maybe it's because, Henry, every time we beg and, and plead, like, oh, man, we're going to mock all of these linebackers to the Patriots in these mock drafts. No matter how hard we try, Belichick just ignores it and says, nah, I like who we I I like Raquan McMillan. I don't care if you guys have never heard of him, right? He's going to be one of my key players this year. You watch. So maybe that's why we kind of gloss over it, right? Uh, but at least I can look at linebacker and be like, all right, we got Judon, right? At least I can count on him. Like, I who can you trust at the quarterback group right now? Like, can you trust Jalen Mills? Because even though he did fulfill his role last year, I think you got to give him that. He did whatever Belichick was telling him to do. I think Belichick was happy with him. But like, would anyone give you Jalen Mills when they're rattling off the top corners in the league? Like, there's no chance. And like, Jonathan Jones, slot guy, Terrence Mitchell, like I have no idea. Like, I don't watch a lot of Texans football. So, like, Terrence Mitchell, I'm I'm interested in. But like Juwan yeah. Williams is a bust. And and Marcus Jones is a rookie and Jack Jones is a rookie. And Sean Wade, we have no clue. They traded for him last year. He's basically a rookie. Justin Bethel, we saw him get smoked. Like, I don't know. I'm scared of this group mostly because I look at the schedule and I see Green Bay, Baltimore, Buffalo twice, Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati. <laughs> like you're gonna have to. Like I don't care how great Mac Jones is in year two, you're gonna have to cover somebody. You have to like make the other team punt. You have to get off the field without them scoring a touchdown on every possession. Like we saw in some of those Bills games. So I look at that schedule and I look at this corner group and I'm like, holy crap, Henry, right? So I'm with you on linebacker. That one scares the crap out of me too. That that was one of my honorable mentions. Was inside linebacker, um, but corner man I'm still I'm still freaked out when you when you look at that like again Green Bay Baltimore Buffalo Arizona Vegas Cincy like how did the Patriots not get torched by those quarterbacks right like it's hard to tell now in July hopefully it'll come to fruition right but like, who do you trust who do you trust with JC Jackson got at corner I, I think that's a that's a question
2: yeah I mean I like Jalen Mills as I'm like one of the weird I've turned into a Jalen Mills stand. I feel like I love it and that Go I on. think he's total. he's perfectly serviceable as a second cornerback. And Jonathan Jones is actually, you know, when healthy and hopefully he is, he's a good slot cornerback. So the biggest problem you have is that cornerback one, and that means Malcolm Butler or Jack Jones or Terrence Mitchell are going to be sort of rotating in that spot. But what's going to happen is the Patriots are going to they're going to have to change their coverage up a little bit and just either go zone or go um, safety over the top of their cornerback one. So there are schematic ways if if cornerback one is the weakest link um, on defense, there are schematic ways for Bel- Belichick to compensate for that, and it kind of hamstrings the defense. It's not it's obviously. You want a Stephon Gilmore or J.C. Jackson in there so that the safeties can do whatever they want. Well, I mean, within like reason, rather, the defensive coordinators can do whatever they want with their safeties rather than dedicating one of them at all times to double teaming the number one receiver, which is kind of what we may have to see next year outside of zone. Like every time they're in man, they're probably going to be double teaming the top option. Unless Malcolm Butler turns out to be, you know, a total stud still, which we probably shouldn't assume will happen. Like he, he's probably going to be a little bit slower and going to need Devin McCordy over the top. So it'll be a lot of that and a lot of zone. And I think that that'll be OK um, as long as the Patriots offense takes a big step forward.
1: So let's switch it. Let's go a little bit more positive. Henry um, strongest position group. On this Patriots step chart, entering training camp. You know, I think there's a couple of options. I've seen some people writing about tight end. And while I can understand why you might do that, I still I can't go there until I see Jonu Smith have a good season. I can't go there. Hunter Henry's fine, but Smith gave you next to nothing. You still have Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene like on the on the roster. I can't go tight end. But I did look at the offensive side for this question, Henry, and when I answered it, running back. I think the strongest position group on this depth chart right now is running back. You still got Damian Harris, who rushed for 15 touchdowns last year. I, I looked that up, and I almost fell out of my chair. I forgot that he he rushed for 15 touchdowns, Damian Harris. He had a hell of a year, yeah. almost 1,000 yards rushing. Well, they
2: couldn't throw the ball in right. the red zone. That's true. They right. just had to hand it off to him. It was,
1: yeah. It was like gimmicky fake throw to Jacoby Myers in the red zone to not get the touchdown, then hand it to Damian Harris. And he might yeah, score, exactly. or he might fumble. Uh, so, yeah. So, Harris... Fifteen touchdowns, almost a thousand yards rushing. But then Ramondre Stevenson, right? He really had a good season. He rushed for six hundred yards. I think those two together, Damian Harris, Ramadre Stevenson, a really good option on first and second down. And then you've got James White back and this Pierre Strong rookie to kind of change the pace and throw them in there on third downs and maybe get some uh you know, get more vertical in the passing game with the running back. So I love the running back room for the Patriots. Uh and I feel like for a team like with Belichick calling the plays, which even if it's Matt Patricia in the with the play sheet, I think it's Belichick is formulating these game plans. You, we know he wants to run the ball, right? Like, I feel like that's a good omen when you have a good running back group. But I'm also scared to death because I don't think having a, a great running back, if that's your top positional strength, running back, Henry, I don't think that's a good omen in today's world of football. So while I was answering this question and being like, man, I was getting horned up over the Patriots running back group. I'm also getting scared because I think that's a horrible thing that I think the running back yeah. group is the best. But what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. Well, I agree that with your thought that it's strange at this point in the NFL's history, like the present day NFL, you shouldn't have running back be your strongest, deepest position. But it, but it's also the fact that running backs are so cheap now, it kind of makes sense that Belichick runs against the market and like invests deeply in a position that, people are divesting from you know he it's the stock market you buy high you buy high you buy low sell high right if you're if you're in my case you buy high and sell low i was gonna say i was gonna um, jump in and
1: say that's what i would do you know i, I, I got, i'll watch a youtube video i got this and then screw it up but go on
2: yeah exactly um but yeah belichick buys low on on you know pl- on positions or even like just general like scheme. Like, he This is just how he operates. And so it makes sense currently that everyone else is building one way. He builds a different way. So I actually don't think that running back is the deepest position. And here's why. Pierre Strong is extremely fast, but is coming out of South Dakota state and is going to need time to figure out a, the Patriots playbook, which is bound to be significantly more complicated um, than the college one that he was working with and James White is coming off a severe hip injury that he wasn't even sure he could come back from so there's no saying whether he'll be ready in training camp he might end up on the pup list Pierre Strong might not be ready and you really just have a, a two-headed attack with S- Stevenson and Harris and if that's the case then you look at the safety position Uh, which I was sort of like teasing earlier in the worst, which is that the Patriots are going to use the safeties to basically mask all of their defensive deficiencies. And uh, that's the position I'd say that is deeper. You've got um, one of the best slot defenders, tight end defenders in the NFL in Adrian Phillips. You've got Kyle Duggar, an emerging talent that is not only a good coverage player, but also the type of safety who can, as I think Devin McCordy said, knock someone's head off. And then I get to the last guy, coincidentally, Devin McCordy. He's just your do-it-all safety. He hasn't lost a step. He is fast as ever. Uh, great coverage corner, can fly across the field, be a ball hawk. And then you have past that, like th- that's just the starters, the three safeties they use most. Past that, you got Jabril Peppers, who's going to contribute If he makes the team, he's going to contribute as a special teams player. You have Cody Davis, who is like an all star special teams player. You have Joshua Bledsoe, who's actually a sixth round pick a year ago, but spent the season on either PUP or IR, I can't remember, and seems actually to be like relevant in, in training camp or in mini camp this year and could be relevant in training camp. So, It's a really deep group. The fact that I'm not even sure if Jabril Peppers will make the team kind of is a testament to that because Peppers is a very good player and they just have a lot of different defensive backs in the safety room that can do so many things um, on all four downs. And I think that's, that's kind of the no brainer to me uh, even more so than running back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you mentioned it like Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips. You forget that they're almost used as corners in a way, you know, in certain situations, especially Phillips. Right. So, um, yeah, that group with, with Duggar, I have to agree with you. I, that would definitely have been my pick on, uh, for defense. I think I was just trying to go defense offense, right? Henry I picked corner for the first one. So I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to switch it up a little bit, look at the offensive side of the football, but I think you convinced me. I think safety is the one I think that's the one I feel best about. When you look at the depth chart, Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, you have Jabril Peppers in there competing for times. Like, uh, yeah, like, you convinced me, man. You talked me into it. Good job. You're very persuasive <laughs> now. Ever since you got back <laughs> from Hawaii, it's good for you.
2: It was just started. I'm not. I was not persuasive prior to this, but I have changed. I am a changed man.
1: You're a changed man, you are. Yeah. What was the best thing you saw out there?
2: Um, I was on Kauai, which is one of the smaller Hawaiian islands, and. I they have this big park there called Denali. Uh Denali Coast. No wait, that's the mountain. Uh no sorry, Nepali. Uh N-A-P-A-L-I. Two different words. Gosh, Denali is the mountain in Alaska. Um and uh the Nepali coast was gorgeous. We went out on a boat that was and just like the waves were like insane they were probably like i don't know 10 feet like eight feet yeah and we were just like flying off the waves on this boat and but we got out there and the coastline was just beautiful like teal blue ocean and the the like really green and steep and stark mountains of hawaii uh it was really special to see that the scale of the natural world out there and we were like driving into caves and going into crazy uh beautiful little like inlets for the for all the the jagged rock cliffs it was it was gorgeous i was blown away by it and um at some point i gotta get back out there but the like 18 hours of travel that i did not <laughs> sure i'm like necessarily that's a lot. gonna yeah. have it in me to do that again
1: anytime soon yeah that's a lot you know and, and... You know, New Hampshire's always depicted horribly in movies, right? It's like the snowy middle of nowhere, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. New, but New Hampshire's not that bad. New Hampshire's very scenic as well, but I, it, it's just next level. Um, I've never been to Hawaii, but I, it's definitely on my bucket list. So I was, uh, I was living through your tweets for sure. That was pretty cool yeah. that you were out there. Congratulations on the wedding and all that, my man.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be back next week. You want to give the folks a little preview on what we're working
2: on for next week? Yeah, well, we're going to get you geeked out for training camp. We're going we're gonna to lay down probably two podcasts to get you prepared for training camp. So next week's going to be the biggest storylines going into training camp, and then we'll have a, a different podcast preview for you uh, just leading into that Thursday, I think it is, where they have that first day of practice. So... Tune back in next week. We'll have you super excited about the storylines. All the biggest items uh, that we that I'll be watching during camp and will probably be at the center of discussion so you can impress all your friends being like, I already know everything about this team that you should, so you can just deliver all the hot takes.
1: Love that. All right, so next week we'll be going through uh, some big training camp storylines. Looking forward to that. Thanks for hanging on with us this long. Don't forget to hit subscribe. For Henry, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk to you. Catch you then.
0: This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates. The latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle podcast. Inside the weekly line with Sportsbook Wires, Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' Podcast.